Hello, and welcome to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply, where we talk to support professionals from all over the world and discuss what's behind their team's success. This interview is brought to you by Nice Reply, an all-in-one customer satisfaction tool that helps you measure and improve the quality of your customer service. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on a future episode, please reach out to podcast at nicereply.com. My name is Craig Stoss, and I'm here today with Jenny Dempsey, the Customer Experience Manager for FruitStand. Jenny, welcome to the program. Hello, Craig. Thanks for having me on. Yes, and thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, Jenny, we're here today to talk a little bit about burnout, and I understand that you have a very personal story in relation to that topic, and I thought maybe we could start with you sharing the, your experiences with burnout. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to get real vulnerable here and share what happened probably about six years ago now. Um, I was leading, uh, I was managing a contact center team um, and it was early morning and it had been uh, a very kind of intense, stressful week, but there were several of those leading up to it. And um, I just kind of, you know, walked into the office. I looked fine. I was happy saying hi to the team. And I sat down at my desk and uh, one customer service agent came in and asked me a question. And at that moment, um, something very strange happened where I started to feel my heart racing. And it wasn't based on the question that they asked. Um, my heart was racing and other types of um, signs started to show up where I just didn't feel good at all. Um, the, the room started to feel really cloudy and kind of in that fishbowl. Um, I started kind of shaking. I started to just feel like I was going to faint or I was going to get up and scream. Like I couldn't figure this out. And then I, I didn't know in that moment, but I was having an anxiety attack. And the customer service agent was like, whoa, what, what, what's happening? Um, and there were other agents on the floor at this time. And um, they all were very supportive. But what I didn't realize, like, again, not knowing it was an anxiety attack, I got up and like tried to like, okay, how do I feel better? Um, but really, it was a lot more in depth than that. But having an anxiety attack in front of your customer service team, um, it, it was a challenging moment, but I, I learned a lot from it. And I think um, I, I don't hear many people sharing their stories about when they had situations like that. I feel like I tried to hide it and I know a lot of other people do. I don't like, you know, a lot of people don't want that to get out, <laughs> but I am sharing it because I feel it's very relevant, especially in this day. And um, yeah, anxiety. It's a thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is a thing. And I, and I think you're, you're absolutely right. It's, it's very relevant right now. And so thank you for sharing your, your personal story with, with our listeners um, I'm hoping that we can use the rest of our time to talk a little bit about how leaders in our space can help prevent these types of stories in themselves or even in their teams and start to recognize the patterns. So, you know, given your story um, and given what you learned after you discovered what you what you had experienced, how do you identify burnout or anxiety attacks now in, in, that you've learned? So it's, I'm going to start with myself and the way that I identify it is not necessarily in the typical sense. You know, we see a lot of these posts out there of like, you're not sleeping or maybe, you know, you're grumpy or you have stomach aches or some, you know, different things. And it, of course, anxiety and burnout and all of these things are different for everyone. There's really no um, one way to do it, but I, you know, I'm a, at least I like to call myself a semi-retired people pleaser. Um, and back in that time when I, that anxiety attack happened, 
I was very much in the full-on active people pleaser mode and also very high functioning. I came to work with a smile every day. I excelled at my role. Um, I had a lot of agents on the team looking up to me. I didn't look like the picture of burnout. However, on the inside, it felt completely different. I would go home every evening and I'd crumble on the ground. I had um, different people tell me at the time, they're like, you're nicer to your customers than you are to me. And we live together, you know? Um, And so it was very much like I got all these messages from inside and also from, you know, other people that were close to me. But on the outside at work, you would not, like, no one would have thought that I was, you know, also to add on to it, recovering from an eating disorder and also, um, you know, struggling with anxiety and depression that I wasn't open with, open about. And so I think when we identify it for ourselves or even for our team, we can't just have this picture in mind that it's going to look like what that, you know, Instagram post said, this is burnout, you know, drink water and you'll feel better. You know, it's not like that. Um, it's, it's not necessarily something that we can identify right away. I think it takes a little bit more time of us being real. I know I had to call myself out. I had to call out that I was not acknowledging certain things in my personal life. I had to call out that I wasn't, you know, being very nice to myself and it was leading to certain behaviors that ended up, um, causing an anxiety attack. Um, and so I think that, um, when we are looking to identify burnout for ourselves and our team, we have to get real. And I know that sounds so stupid, like to say, like, let's get real, but we have to call ourselves out essentially. And we have to like acknowledge what we can't um, or what we might not be able to in that moment. And if we are not sure, we might have to seek help to do that. And I think that there's nothing wrong with, with doing that. And that might not be your manager. You don't necessarily go to your manager and be like, am I burnt out? I don't know. It might be like, you know, exercising medical benefits through a therapist, through your, you know, it could be tons of different things, um, but it's just not as easy to identify, I think, as sometimes it's painted on a blog post or in the media. I mean, I think that's absolutely true. Uh, people people want to be strong at work. They want to you know, be professional. They, they, they put on masks or, or facades that, that kind of hide it in, in certain situations and maybe not in others. And, and so that, that's absolutely uh, the case. You alluded to it at the end of the, the last answer, but once you've identified it, once you've figured out that you are doing those things, you are putting on that facade, you are crumbling on the ground, you, you, you are feeling different than your natural self, how do you start to self-care? You, you mentioned, for example, seeking a therapy, but what other aspects can you do in your life to help either stop it from happening or, or uh, manage it once it does happen? Uh, that's such a good question. And I think it, it's, again, going to be different for everyone. So when speaking for myself, um, it took acknowledging that there was actually something going on. And for me, in my experience, I did have to seek help. I did have to go to therapy. I did actually, you know, attend an outpatient eating disorder program to get the help that I needed. Um, I had to start talking about my feelings. (laughs) I had to actually talk about them and because I was stuffing them down. And so for me, that also was outside things in relationships. I had to start speaking up and sharing these things. And even at work, if there were things that were going on that were wrong or that I didn't necessarily think were the right choice, like sometimes I would just go with it because I didn't want to cause a conflict. However, at work, it started to be like, okay, I'm going to speak up and I'm going to share my thoughts on this or my intuitive feelings around this, which 
you know, give or take in the business world that can, you know, some companies are cool with that and some are not. But like what I noticed when I started to speak up and advocate, whether it's for myself or for my team or for the customers, I noticed the shift in the anxiety as well because I wasn't holding it all in. And so I think we have to look at ourselves individually and understand, okay, we need to do something here to self-care. However, it's going to look different. It might not be what the person in my cubicle next to me um, or, you know, is going to experience. And I think um, it starts with having conversations about it. You know, a lot of the times, like at work, it's very taboo to talk about this. And I think there's also the opposite end of the spectrum where we think, oh, everyone's talking about it. I'm going to go to my boss and dump all my problems on them. And that is also not relevant to your boss is not, at least most bosses are not um, therapists. <laughs> and, um, you know, some of the stuff, it's, it's may not, it, it may not be a bad thing to share it with them, but they may not be equipped to support you in the best way possible, like an actual therapist, or someone in your life that's supportive, whether it be maybe a parent or a best friend or something like that. So I think we also have to acknowledge who's going to be the best supportive if, if talking is it, um, if there's an action that we're doing that is hurting us, you know, how are we going to, again, I, I say call ourselves out because this is really the lesson that I learned from this is like, I had to call myself out. If I wanted to stop a behavior that was hurting me, I had to actually do something about it and and stop it. Um, and I think for a lot of us, like we just have to acknowledge it and then we have to make a decision. Okay. Do I want to change this? It's not going to happen overnight. Um, it's not sh- supposed to happen. Not everyone can do the cold turkey to self-care. Um, and I don't necessarily think it has to be a planned out venture either. We don't have to have goals in mind. Um, we don't have to like, you know, know if we get to X place, we're going to be happier and feel better because it's not always about that. It's literally about just every single day, uh, you know, taking it, I guess, one step at a time in, in a way. But um, yeah, it's very individualistic as far as self-care and identifying that. Yeah, again, very, very insightful, right? It, it, it impacts everyone in different ways and the, and the ways to solve it. You know, some people use the gym or some people read, right. or, you know, some people have kids that, that help them, okay. you know, just playing with the children or something, right? It's, it's a very individual thing. Uh, switching gears maybe a little bit to talk about the root causes of, of burnout. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer as a leader that the busy is kind of the default state. If you weren't busy, you probably aren't employed, but Burnout is something different than busy, you know, and, and, and distinguishing between, oh, I'm, I'm working really hard, I'm working long days, you, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not able to take my breaks, and, and then normal busy of work is, is something that I, I think a lot of people struggle with. I know, I know I personally struggle with that because there's a certain amount of work I want to get done and I want to, want to do it. What are the root causes of that? What, what are the things that can lead from that transition of being busy at your job to burning out because you're, you're over busy. So one thing I'm going to start this by a belief that I have kind of learned about myself over the years and that I'm starting to see more and more people talk about, but it's this feeling of if I'm busy, I'm important. And at this point at work, you know, sometimes we will say yes to projects, not necessarily because we're a people pleaser, but yes, because we're, we're insecure and we want to feel like we're, we're important, that we're doing something that it has meaning. And we're, you know, sometimes in, for some individuals at companies, it's like, oh my gosh, this is job security if I take this on and I'm busy. Um, and so I think if we are 
looking at this busy, and I use little finger quotes, um, you know, does it really stem from, we do have a lot of work. I know for us in customer service and the front lines, like, yes, there are a lot of customers that need help. Um, and it's how we, you know, delegate our time throughout the day and how leaders can help the team do that as well. But, you know, if we're choosing to take on all of this to stay busy, are we really doing it because it's productive or are we doing it because we're trying to feel important? Um, and of course, this is different for everyone. This is not like, I'm not like stamping, this is what it is, but burnout is sometimes a result of feeling this insecurity, taking on all of these extra tasks and responsibilities and being in this very, very busy state nonstop. And we are not, we as humans are maybe not necessarily um, built for that. Um, I know there are some people that thrive in being busy and productive. And I would never want to take that away from anyone if that is who they are at their core. Um, That's their personality. And I know a lot of people who are not like that. So it kind of, we just have to kind of like figure out our limits. And I think that comes with, you know, experience. I know at this point, like I can't do X, Y, and Z after, you know, a certain amount of time because that is my limit. I'm like, yo, like I just, I need day off, like, or I need to delegate a task. I think that's also another thing um, is that, you know, we're afraid to delegate and it leads to this busy and then we're burnt out because we didn't ask our manager and like, hey, you know, the queue is really high. Can we delegate this to so-and-so who's on chat support and has less volume? You know, I think there's opportunities for us to speak up. And I know that kind of goes back to what I was talking earlier is that, having the permission to speak up and it, the feedback being heard by a leader, uh, a manager that we trust and who's able to really look at the numbers and kind of crunch things and be like, okay, it's backed by data or also looking at it. Like my team feels this way. There's not like there's data and then there's feelings. And so it kind of all goes around with busy and it all, and it can lead to some burnout, but there's also people who get burnt out by doing very little. Um, too. You know, if you're super bored at work and there's nothing to do, that can also really burn you out and you just get really lethargic and kind of drained and like, ugh, I'm just bored and uninspired. And so it's it's really across the board. Um, and there's so many layers all woven in there. I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, <laughs> your, your comment about maybe humans aren't prepared for it. Uh, you know, I, I'm reminded of that, that quote and I'm going to butcher it, but it was something about where we have a, a brain that was developed for the Neanderthal world. And we live in the, in the, the you know, the age of the internet where, where anything's 24 by seven and fast paced. The other thing you touched on very briefly in that is, is about, you know, the culture of the, the company and, and saying yes and wanting to be important. And I feel like that touches on this, this hustle culture we've seen a lot about and people who are like, you have to be up at 4am and at the gym and, and then work till, you know, you, your fingers are bleeding and, you know, do, do uh, all these extra things afterwards. And I, I wonder how much this contributes to, to this problem. And if there's ways to like live in a fast paced startup world or in a world that does require you to hustle sometimes like support does maybe one day being much more busy than the next, but you can avoid the negative aspects of that world. Any, any thoughts there? Right. Well, yeah, the hustle culture is everywhere. And I think there are some people who, I mean, that is part of their lives. Some people have to work multiple jobs and some people have to do a lot to, to survive. Um, and so we can't necessarily take away from people's different experiences. And like, you know, if we're in the startup 
culture and these are very fast paced environments they are changing nonstop and customer volume is increasing on the regular. And, um, you know, if we really want to, to look at how do, I guess, I guess the word might be, um, adapt or how to, I don't know, stay afloat (laughs) and not reach that level of like total, total crash and burn where we are falling down, crumpling at the end of the day, um, is really to just, I think, you know, at least for myself, I have to go back to acknowledging these things that I'm not sharing, um, that I'm not speaking up for, and that I have to look at that and I have to start doing those in addition to these other things, which of course that adds on. But when we're doing that, it's kind of like the scale kind of tips a little bit. And so the value of, you know, speaking up and saying this particular you know, um, project that we're doing and how we're doing it may not be the most supportive to everyone on the team. Should we look at the dates? Should we, you know, extend here? Should we cut back here? Should we, you know, bring in another person? Should we, you know, how do we delegate things? And so, you know, Craig, you really touched on something that becomes part of the company culture. And, you know, if a, if a company, even a startup, and especially, I think it's a special time right now because this is all out there for companies to adapt but if a company can adapt a culture that gets things done quick while still taking care of their employees and encouraging the employees to self-care for themselves, because that is really, you know, the big part of it, um, then there's going to be, it's kind of like, I don't know, it just sounds like the dream, right? But we really have to just acknowledge that like, this is crazy, this is busy, um, and this may or may not work for me. And how are we going to speak up? And what are we going to say Um, And not in like this negative way, like, you know, it just becomes very real and very, uh, these honest conversations we sometimes have to have with, uh, with ourselves and and sometimes with leaders or sometimes HR, if it's not actually going through and, um, but acknowledging that it's there in the first place, I think is important because if we're just living in it, sometimes we don't even know. It's like, oh, I just thought this was normal. (laughs) I think I hear that a lot. Like, oh, I just thought this was how all startups were like. Well, it, it is sometimes. And like you brought up too, like there are some days where something breaks, you know, and you, the queue is crazy and you are in it and you have to get through it. And the end of the day, you're probably going to feel exhausted, which is a totally natural and normal way to feel. Um, and uh, if it's happening every day, then that's probably a sign of a bigger thing um, and uh, might not be the best supportive environment no matter how much free lunch or, you know, um, perks you get, uh, which sometimes get thrown on you to mask these kind of environments, which, um, you know, for better or worse, that is, that's kind of is what it is, but we're calling it out. I mean, I feel like there was a lot of, a lot of stuff that we could talk about here. We probably could keep this going for another, another hour. Um, but yeah, I, you're, you're, you've hit the nail on the head. The, the, the culture of the company really has to focus on, on employee well-being while achieving the business outcomes. Um, keeping people busy is, is fine, but, but yeah, having that burnout every single day or, day or, or consistently is really the, the underlying problem here. Uh, Jenny, thank you so much for being vulnerable with us and sharing your story with our listeners. And I hope that your story helps people avoid these problems with their, their teams and themselves. Thank you for having me on and letting me share it. It's a, it's an honor to be here. 
And thank you all for listening to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply with today's guest, Jenny Dempsey from FruitStand. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help and support the podcast, please leave a rating or share it with others. And always make sure to check out our other support interviews and more quality content at NiceReply.com.